when Christ comes into your life mm. and you're truly healed and you recognize who your brother in Christ is and that he's done all the propitiation that's required and mm. he's gone on your behalf to our dad and said, hey, this is Jonathan and you brought him to me and he's mine. He's, he's one of ours now. And this is Jeff and this is Ron. And this mm -hmm. is insert your name, whoever's listening to this podcast, whether it's a bishop or a priest or a pastor, or just a guy who's like right now somehow tripped onto Ron's podcast. And you're like suffering with addiction, pornography, alcohol. You are special to him. Like Jesus said that none would perish. None. Like he is chasing you, man. The fact that you're listening to this right now is evidence mm -hmm. of that. And so here's the amazing amazing ending to the story is that the fatherless get this, this relationship with God. That's I'm going to say reserved for them. The Bible even talks about it. He'll be a father to the fatherless. Yes. Right. Uh, there's so many passages about this guys. And I believe that there's like this tender place in his heart for fatherless men or men who've experienced trauma because like we're what he's trying to build this, his church on to some extent, like we're a critical building block with our wives and, and the leaders of the church. And he can't do it if we're broken. Welcome to the Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst in the people they support, the organizations they serve and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation passion and purpose if you're still breathing you are powered for impact hello and welcome to the huntley leadership podcast so glad you got to join us today our hope and purpose is always to engage you in conversations of leadership that will help you be better and the organizations you lead i'm so blessed to be with my friend jonathan and jeff today who have a ministry yep Call fathers for fathers. I thought you were waving me down. It's all good. It's all good. Keep going. Keep rolling. Yeah, on. Exactly. Um, it's it's going to be a really exciting conversation because so many people I talk to that have father wounds and, and it's okay. Mm. This isn't to bash fathers. It's actually to encourage fathers. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm really curious because I never know where these conversations are going to go in terms of their final impact. I just trust the people I talk to because I know them and I love them and I care about them and I know they love Jesus and I know they love the church and they're on mission. And I wonder how much of this is going to have an impact on you if you're a priest or, or a bishop in terms of fatherhood, because we call you father. And so there's, I'm sure as we open this up and crack this open, uh, I know we're talking about biological fathers, but I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how that will impact you. If you, before you get started, if you just go to the bottom and hit subscribe, that'd be a big help for us uh, here at the ministry uh, and help more people enter into the conversation. But uh, once again, so glad you gentlemen are here. Great to have you. My first question to both of you to really set this up, Fathers for Fathers, what got you started? Like what led your heart to start a ministry or be engaged in a ministry like this? Jonathan, why don't we start with you? Hmm. Well, I know I can speak for both Jeff and I on this. Um, I would say trauma, hmm. right? Um, you know, uh, typically our, our greatest strength in the Lord comes from our greatest weakness. We saw that, you know, hmm over and over, even with Paul, when he begged that God would, you know, take away the thorn in his side. And he said, no, it's, it's so that uh, your weakness is made strong through me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's no secret that we have a visceral issue in the world today. And it's, it's a, a visceral issue on the form of fatherlessness. And, mm -hmm. um, 
But I would say that it really is more systemic in that, you know, men don't even know what it means to be um, a submitted, obedient child of God um, as a man. You know, I think about in Ephesians when Ephesians 5, when Paul described, you know, how men should see their wives and, you know, the very, there's nine commandments there, by the way, compared to four for women, but the first one for men is not an easy one. Like if, if you can get past that, it's downhill coasting for the other eight. But the first one is uh, be prepared to die for your wives. Like I died for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, wow, like that is the ultimate submission to be submitted to God's authority of your life and to be submitted to his authority to the extent that you would be prepared to die for, you know, your wife. And, mm-hmm. and that's obviously in the context, if you're married, right. Paul, you know, mm-hmm. also said, if you're not married, you know, it's almost better that you, you, you don't get married, right? Uh, and and uh, there's lots of jokes we could pursue there, but we won't. Um, and, and, there, and if you want to know where those jokes are, just turn back over to Proverbs because uh, they're there, by the way. Um, but, um, but for me, it came from uh, my own fatherhood wound. I watched my own dad, and it, uh, it's no secret in, in Canada, because uh, I've been interviewed many times, drown. Uh, him and I were scuba diving. Uh, near Peggy's Cove, Halifax, uh, June uh, the, the 22nd, 1991. And I was not a certified diver. I had just turned 15. Uh, I wasn't actually even diving uh, properly. I was actually skin diving and breathing off his uh, octopus, which is his emergency, emergency regulator. So I would dive mm-hmm. down 30 feet and then cheat to stay down by breathing off his air. Um, and... Um, mm-hmm. And so we got into trouble um, and uh, fast forward, I ended up with the help of some local fishermen and a dory and a very gory scene dragging my um, my father about 10 minutes uh, after he was submerged and not breathing to the beach uh, where there was really no hope of, of resuscitating him, obviously. And, um, you know, by then watched his paramedics uh, work desperately to cut away his wetsuit and, and try and get some vitals going. And so that began my journey of father, fatherlessness and that uh, not only was I fatherless mm-hmm. um, and I'd lost a flawed earthly father because my dad was not, not a saint. He wasn't perfect. Um, but I also had to deal with the trauma and the guilt of, you know, I didn't have a dad because I failed to save him. I didn't fill his BCD. I didn't drop his weight belt. And so so you can imagine how um, how that would uh, uh, just fester um, in a young man's life, trying to understand where God is and all that. And, you know, when Jesus hung on the cross and quoted Psalm 22 and said, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm. And, um, you know, I, it took me really 30 years, if you will, to get to a place where I realized Jesus already asked the question I asked over and over in those sleepless nights and, and those nightmares where I couldn't sleep mm. was why, why, why? Yeah. And the answer to the why is, is when we live in a fallen world, um, you know, uh, compliments of the garden and um, Adam and Eve's um, failure. Um, it's it's a world full of sin, and with that comes death. These bodies will eventually fail us and die, and and so I had to really accept um, something that most kids are never equipped to accept, and it's sovereignty, mm. God's sovereignty over this planet, and recognizing yeah. that He has a divine arc to everything we go through. But that divine arc has to still pierce through a lot of darkness and it doesn't happen instantly. Um, Add to that, uh, Ron, you and I actually met each other. We were going through the exact same difficult time in our life, which was divorce. 
Uh, and the church, you know, um, doesn't even today deal well with divorce, even though 64% of marriages now end in divorce. And that number is almost as high, high in the church. And so, uh, and I was dealing with now, how am I going to stay engaged in my kids' lives and be an active part of, of their lives and raise them to know and admonish God? And, and I literally um, grew up in a Christian home, obviously walked away from it or not, obviously, but I did walk away from it because I couldn't reconcile where God was in the death of my dad and just a lot of the, the very difficult things that ensued after that in, in my home life and in my family. And um, fast forward to now my marriage is breaking down and um, I'm a believer now. I've, I've really reconciled, you know, with God and, and got to a place where I want to serve him. And now it's like, I got to raise these two kids with very opposing worldviews because my ex was not a Christian and is not to this day. Um, and then bring that to a head um, in uh, June through September of 2022, I found myself increasingly alienated and estranged from my now 15 and soon to be 17 year old daughter. Yeah. I was like, how can this happen? Um, I've, I've done everything to make sure that they had a dad because I've experienced fatherlessness. Mm-hmm. This is my worst nightmare that they would choose to be fatherless. And, um, and so you can imagine that there was that time, like Elijah, where I just said, Lord, let me die. Like my whole I remember running into you at the airport and you shared that with me and yeah. I wanted to die right along with you. Cause I know how much you love your kids and, and yeah. I know your heart for fatherhood. And I just, yeah, yeah. I was devastated mm-hmm. by your, your story. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I, I ended up, um, hiking with 16 guys. And this is in the little intro reel that you see on our, our webpage that we threw up for now. We just needed to get live. But I talk about this hike with 16 guys. And mm-hmm. um, the whole weekend, I saw the Holy Spirit moving in these guys' lives. They're all believers, but all with different struggles. Some trying to fight for their marriage, some with porn addiction. But mm-hmm. I noticed the common theme was the father wound. Yes. And um, I literally came off that mountain kind of frustrated with the Lord. I remember saying, Lord, I understand. Like, I was able to pour into these guys all weekend and disciple them. And, you know, but I didn't get anything like, 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 I don't, I don't, you weren't there. Like for me, like one about, one about my four days away with you with no cell phone. And, and he, he literally, I just felt the warmth of the spirit. We were literally, I didn't actually realize how close we were back to the trucks. This was like the last hundred meters. He said, Jonathan, you're doing exactly what I want you to do. You're being a fisher of the men. And this is why you're here. And he said, I want you to keep hiking for men. And I didn't know what that meant. And I spent the next week at a Mm. conference, just drinking Mm. through a fire hose. And I filled about 27 pages of my journal with a vision Mm. for fathers for fathers. And Mm. then Jeff and I connected, we're old friends. And he was uh, interviewing George Foreman. And George, George (laughs) said something. Yeah. Yeah. And George said something to Jeff. Um, and it was twofold. One, he said, human beings are the greatest creation God ever made. Like he literally stressed how special we are to him. And then, um, I felt the spirit say, you got to call Jeff. I want you to work with him on this. Mm. And so I reached out to Jeff and, um, fathers for fathers basically was born, um, by the spirit of the spirit and its forefathers, our goal, um, simply put is to be flag bearers for men. So there's men out there that are going through divorce, maybe are being alienated from their kids. I hear you. 
um, have terrible fatherhood wounds, were abused or abandoned. Uh, mm. They're out. They've got alcohol issues or other addiction issues like pornography or like me work. I'm a workaholic. Like I have to be very mm. mindful of putting in a 45 hour week uh, work week, not a hundred hour work week. Um, which to be honest, I love, like mm. I love working. So it's very easy for me to spill over, but our goal is to be flag bearers for men and say, Hey, there, there is a father in heaven who just absolutely adores you. And he is pursuing you, but we're so busy fighting in our flesh because we're scrappers. Men are, have this instinct to solve the problem and fight through it. And But God says, no, like come into my presence, right? Mm. Uh, he says his yoke is easy. And uh, even this weekend, he, you know, I was just resting in him, really frustrated, like, Lord, where are you? And he said, um, Bear with me here. Yeah, take your time. Uh, Hosea 14, 3, for in you, the fatherless find compassion. Mm. And I was just like, okay, wow. but what do you mean by that? And then mm. um, one of my favorite, favorite chapters in the Bible is John 6. Jesus okay. feeds the 5,000, then he drops the mic, right? I'm the bread of life. And everybody's mm -hmm. like, whoa, like literally you get to verse 66 and a lot of his disciples walk away and he turns to Peter and says, oh, Peter, you're still here. And and Peter says, well, you have the words of life. Where else would we go? Mm. And he said to me, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. And I think as men, we don't really understand what that means. Like, cause we're mm. still hungry and thirsting and we, it's like Jesus. And we want to, mm. we want Jesus to be an accessory to our life rather than be the center of our life. Wow. And so I'm that's gonna, what fathers for fathers is about. Love it. Let's get Jeff in here. Yeah, sure. Jeff, what, what, what drew you to this? So Jonathan, he does his, uh, you know, he, he's moved by this hike. He takes the time to prayerfully um, write in his journal and just moved by the spirit. And then he, the spirit says, hey, don't talk to George Foreman, talk to Jeff Watson. Uh, George could pound you. And so he very smart for you. He stayed away from George and went to you. Although you could probably pound him too. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but. But yeah, what made you respond? Like, what's how yeah, did that? Why absolutely. did this touch your heart? Why are you here? Well, I think I think from an early early age, like my my father wound. I mean, everybody comes to the table with a different father story. Like, it's and every single person I've ever talked to, their father story has impacted them deeply. Whether it was a great <laughs> father, whether it was in a whether it was an estranged father, whether it was a, a you lost a father. Um, for me, my story was. Um, I lost my father pretty, pretty early in life. Like he was, you know, he was about 50, 55. He, he struggled with addiction. Um, he was absent from the home probably from when I was 10 years old. And, um, and that was kind of, you know, my dad loved me to bits, to be honest, but it was just, um, the addiction took hold of him and it, mm. and it eroded the family unit, you know, and, and my mom had to make a, a decision to, you know, to, to cut the, cut the chain. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, um, you know, we were on the, on the run for many years, my mom and I, just because of, you know, alcohol can do many different things to many oh, different absolutely. people. Some, some, it makes them all cuddly and warm and I want to hug, hug everybody and other people it you know, gets them angry or come, you know, gives them complex feelings or complex thoughts. Mm -hmm. So anyways, yeah. long and short, um, that was my, you know, that might, that was my father's story. And there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that a lot of blanks I could fill in in between that. But, of course. you know, from that moment, it was always, 
I, in my early years, I wondered why I felt the things I did. Why, why did I choose the mentors I chose? Why did I, you know, um, feel anxious when I was around certain people or around certain situations. And it took a while for me to understand that these were, Hmm. these were all a result of my, the the wound that I had with my father. Like, you know, I'll just give one example and then I can move on. But I mean, um, you know, driving for a while, driving was a weird thing for me because, and I, and every time I got past 110 on the highway, I would start to get a little bit anxious. And when I was on a big open road, I would start to get really anxious. And if I wasn't close to the city or something that I knew, and and I always wondered, I was like, why do I feel so anxious right now? Mm. But then I looked back and I said, my dad used to, bless his heart, we all make mistakes. He He used to drive drunk all the time he used to pick me up from daycare with a mickey you know um you know when we were on family road trips my parents would be arguing he tried to pull the keys out of the car while while we were going 120 on an open road and 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 that's and it took it took a long time for me to to pin it Mm. back to certain things so i think you know and that's only one thing but when I look at, you know, the trajectory of my life after, after he left, you know, my life and left this earth to be with Jesus and, and thank God that, you know, I know he's with Jesus because he's, you know, he had a, he had a complex relationship with the Lord all his life. And, and, you know, and I knew at the end, he, he knew where he was going, but hmm. it's been, hmm. a, it's been a long time trying to figure out and pick up those pieces and understand it's, it takes a long time to understand what those father, how those father wounds affect your day-to-day living. Mm. And, um, you know, Jonathan, when Jonathan and I were in a, in a, our first couple podcasts together, he said, Jonathan said something to me that was so profound that stuck to me. He said, I know Jeff, cause I know the wound it didn't take yeah. long for me to know the wound, you know, and I could mm. see it in him, the way he talks, the way he moves, what, whatever it is, he knew, he knew there was a wound. And, and he said, he said, it's funny how fatherless guys find each other. And yeah. I could I could repeat wow. that and repeat that over and over in my life. Like I I notice even just my closest friendships, why are they fatherless guys? Because we know each other. And yeah. and and sometimes I didn't find out till later that they were fatherless. Yeah. Like yeah, I was exactly. like I was just chatting with my 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 son's, you know, one of my son's coaches recently and it was it's just like oh man that's why I feel good. That's why I feel like at right. home when I'm talking to you, because when we hear the story, it's like, for some reason, God brings those people together. I don't, I, and it's, and it's a divine, it's, it's a beautiful spiritual. Um, it's almost like a miracle, you know, when he brings guys together like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, you know, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. My Thanks dad was, sure. you know, he had a lot of, he was a, he was a professional hockey player, you know, played in the American league, never made the big six. So that was, also a, a part of, you know, his story and, and why he kind of went down that path. But, you know, yeah. it's the sins of the father, father, you know, a father, begets a father, because a father. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's very systemic. And that's why part of me wanting to be in this ministry and to, and to minister to other men is also mm. to break that cycle, help them to understand that, you know, there is something you know, we're all affected. You, you don't see it, 
they're they're in hiding places you know mm. all all those wounds are are hiding sometimes and well, sometimes, sometimes we want to honor our dad talk. too don't yeah. we you know yeah. we want to honor our dad so we don't want to throw him under the bus we don't no. want, we're not you know it's like exactly you know, our exactly. dad's probably had rough goes man like uh, there's you know i wish i can't relate wish i couldn't relate to your story jeff but you know there there's alcohol in 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 when you look back in my family tree yeah. that really yeah. wreaked havoc and stuff and and you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I just want to share this one story and then I want to yeah. ask you guys another question, but I was in the airport, travel quite a bit, unfortunately. And, and, um, well, fortunately, maybe it's not unfortunate, but I'm just a homebody. So I love being home. But anyway, I, I love being with the church globally too. But I remember being in an airport. <laughs> it was the funniest scene. You had this toddler. He's just a tiny little guy. He's a little boy, right? And he owns the airport. Like the airport is packed. Mm. And I think it, oh. In New Jersey and around there, they, they, that, that airport is not my favorite airport, but had, Newark. Uh, yeah, Newark. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't. That's yeah. not my favorite New, place. But Newark Airport is where dreams go to die. Oh, don't oh, talk. Really? Oh, it's yeah. the, it got, I hope you don't uh, ever end up there. It's, it's yeah. the, it, I, I'm there a lot. <laughs> God love you. So yeah. anyway, there's that circular terminal, right? And it's mm -hmm. packed. Mm -hmm. And there's bags everywhere. And you know. Anyway, so I'm just sitting there minding my own business and probably have my earbuds or earphones on and cutting out the noise and there's this little toddler and i'm walking watching him. he's a little boy and he's flipping hilarious like he's walking up to people he's just staring them right in the eye and then he's checking them out and then he's checking out the heel beside them and he's just staring mm. with them along and then he walks away and then he goes over and he sees somebody else and he'll look up at them and he just stare at them and check them out and then he goes hey, he just had so much confidence and so much swagger and then all of a sudden i see this man walking a few feet behind him he's like six foot seven he's got mm -hmm. arms on him like this big he's it's his dad yeah. <laughs> it's like exactly. he's, he's walking around with wow. so much confidence and and i'm killing myself laughing i'm thinking yeah i'd walk around like that too if that was my dad but the truth is that is my dad that is our dad you know that Ooh. is my dad he's, yeah. he's, he's six is foot seven dad. and he's got guns on him like you've never seen so don't mess with me because you know it's just so cool but anyway what what motivates so i'm just so excited about your you guys coming together and i was sharing this conversation mm -hmm. today because mm -hmm. i know so many people are going to be blessed by this right out of their boots so it's going to be cool but um so what's the desire for you in your fatherhood you know as as you like what, yeah. what, how does that motivate us those wounds how do you experience that motivating you or other men just in general like what are your thoughts yeah, Jeff, do you want me to go or we'll um, tag team it? Yeah, I, go, you start. I'll go and you can chime in. Um, what I can say is this fall has been a, a season of some real spiritual warfare. And and I don't mind admitting, I probably had chicken arms when it came to spiritual warfare. They weren't mm. very uh, muscle bound. Um, and the Lord's been teaching me a lot. Uh, of You talk about the analogy about the kid in the airport who my dad is and the authority that I have, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Right. It's <laughs> yeah. the, it's the faith in the mustard seed. It's the, it's who the faith is in, not the size of the seed. And, Ooh. um, and so to mm. answer your question, um, really what, what the Lord's been putting on my heart more and more the past couple of weeks, Jeff and Lara were here with their kids to visit us two weeks ago. He saw firsthand some head on, um, mm -hmm. putting on the armor of God and taking the arrows and continuing mm. to wade forward for the Lord. Um, and I, I actually believe even that had purpose in cementing our ministry together. Um, and so, but what I can say is for men who have experienced father wounds, this has been an observation. So Jeff, you know, picked up on how I can spot 
a father wound and, and we know each other. But I'll also suggest this because I think sometimes that can be disarming and almost frustrating or discouraging because it's like, mm -hmm. I know I remember saying to my mom after my dad died when I was like 17 or 18, I feel like every kid's been dealt a royal flesh in life and I've been yes. dealt a pair of twos and yet I have to play the hand like I have a royal flesh too. And so right. as a fatherless guy, I had to put on that imposer or the poser mask and, mm. and not really be myself, but be what the world expected uh, of a, a guy who is whole and, and intact, even though I wasn't. Um, but here's what I've discovered when Christ comes into your life mm. and you're truly healed um, and you recognize who your brother in Christ is and that he's done all the propitiation that's required. And mm. he's gone on your behalf to our dad and said, Hey, this is Jonathan. And you brought him to me and he's mm. mine. He's, he's one of ours now. And this is Jeff and this is Ron. And this mm. is insert your name. Whoever's listening to this podcast, whether it's a, a bishop or a priest or a pastor, uh, yeah. or just a guy who's like right now somehow tripped onto Ron's podcast and you're like suffering with addiction, pornography, alcohol, mm. you are, you are special to him. Like Jesus said that none would perish. None. Like he is chasing you, man. The fact that you're listening to this right now is evidence of that. And so here's the amazing, amazing ending to the story is that the fatherless get this, uh, uh, this relationship with God that's, I'm going to say, reserved for them. The Bible even talks about it. He'll be a father to the fatherless, yes. right? Uh, there's so many passages about this, guys. Um, and I believe that there's like this tender place in his heart for fatherless men or men who've experienced trauma because like we're what he's trying to build this, his church on to some extent, like we're a critical building block with our wives and, and the leaders of the church. And he can't do it if we're broken and he mm -hmm. wants to heal you. But when he does, um, I think that we get to enjoy this kind of fellowship with him that's very unique in that we don't have an earthly father anymore clouding our worldview. Mm. Uh, we just have only our dad. We only have that six Love foot seven it. muscle bound guy walking behind us. We don't have a smaller, <laughs> weaker guy, you know, walking beside us, chirping in our ear, getting in the way of that great big muscle bound guy that's behind us saying, you're my son and I love you and I'm well, please keep going. Stare down the next guy. And so I think we have tremendous authority given to us as fatherless men where we have this increased appreciation for what it means to be in fellowship with the father. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, man, I have been under attack a lot personally the past several months. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the one message that God's been giving me. And I think the reason why I've come under this attack was so that I could come out of it and he could say, you are my son. Ron, you are my son. Jeff, you have authority. You can drive mm. 200 because I'm not going to rip the keys of the ignition. <laughs> right. Right. Mm. Go for it, brother. Go for it. So that would be my, I guess, my feedback to you, Ron, in, in terms of how we're breathing life into guys with this ministry. Mm. Jeff, I don't know if you want to add yeah. to that. I, I mean, I love, yeah. you know, I love everything you're saying. And in, in one word, um, I was watching this movie called oh. Show Me the Father. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. No. It's by the Kendrick Brothers. So good. Highly yeah. suggested. Um, but one of the main things they talked about was spiritual adoption. And it mm -hmm. struck a huge chord for me um, because I look at, God has spiritually adopted us into his kingdom. He's saying, I'm your dad. And the moment that you said that you accepted him into your life, he became your father. Amen. He adopted you. 
you know, and um, another thing that, you know, gets me thinking is, you know, as as this ministry unfolds, I feel we're also called to adopt um, others, to adopt brothers, to adopt other sons, you know, Mm -hmm. to adopt into, you know, under our wings, you know, and as we are under God's wing, you know, and they might not know who God is yet, but they'll know we are Christians by our love. They're going to know, know us by our love. Um, and I think there's, you know, for me, I believe it's a, it's an opportunity to spiritually adopt, um, those who are lost and say, Mm -hmm. I got you, you know, and, you know, whether it be feeding them resources, we want to be, you know, even in our, we're hoping to get this one eight hundred line, but that's going to be a lifeline for a lot of a lot of people who are going to be saying, yeah. "Hey, maybe I don't know my my heavenly Father yet, um, but I was at my I'm I'm at my last my mm. wits end, and um, here's wow. here's a here's a lifeline." So. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Jeff. You know, let, let me add to that because I just think it's so neat. Because, you know, I know your guys is your your dad's passed way too soon. Um, my my dad didn't, although I was ten when my parents separated and divorced. And and thankfully, my dad continues to be in my life to this day. So I'm so grateful. Amen. But I didn't have Amen. I didn't have him all the time. You know, you know what I mean. Like Ooh. I wanted them all the time. You know, that's what I found yeah. so hard as a as a yeah. boy growing up in a family that that didn't quite make it. And uh, I just wanted my dad around all the time. And there were just so many other dads that were in my life. Like my friend's dads adopted me in so many ways. They took me on vacations because we didn't have any money. Um, You know, they, they taught me things and, and my dad was there too, to the degree that he could be. And I love my dad, but all these other dads love the daylights out of me too. And I just had an opportunity yesterday. My son called me and said, Hey dad, just had a beautiful conversation with one of his buddies. And he said, uh, he wondered if he could go for a walk with you. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And so I spent two hours with this young man yesterday and we just talked and, and, wow. and talked about God and the Holy spirit and Jesus and, and how to pray. Yeah. And, and I just, I get goosebumps telling you that story because you know, that's so what people huge. have been that dad for me. And it's not because mm-hmm. he doesn't have a good dad. He has a great dad, but, mm-hmm. but man, we need dads big time. And Jeff, something you said, which I just, it just, that's going to resonate with me for a long time. You said, you know, the stories that people have about their father have huge impact. And it's not just the wounds. It's when you have a good father, or your dad Absolutely. did something really cool. Or the that stays with you. Yeah. Yes. Like I have but lots that's of something you can also like steward. Right. Yeah. You can steward that into other mm. men's lives. If you have that, right. So it's the true. best. Yeah. Yeah. I think about what you just shared there, Ron. And like, when my dad died, I went about 20 years where you couldn't get me into a church for a funeral or a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was really bitter. I became very embittered towards God and towards the church and felt like, you know, he had abandoned our family and left us high and dry. And, um, and uh, here's the interesting thing. Hmm. All the friends that lingered in my life who are still friends of mine today yeah. were, were Christian guys. Um, I told Jeff, like I ended up you know, in British Columbia, the other side of the country, heading to plant trees and end up living in a guy's dorm in a Christian university. These guys took wow. me in and basically hid me. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, this is, these guys are all too Jesus-y for me and I'm out of here. And I took off and went towards Alaska and didn't stop until I hit snow on my motorcycle. But he also put men in my life, like real spiritual godfathers, mm. leaders in my life who yeah. influenced me. Like I can think of uh, crazy enough plant, but I was pumping gas back when you actually had to get someone to pump your gas. 
Um, I'm dating myself now. And the guy who I worked for had lost his mom and his dad at 13 and 17, respectively. Oh. I can remember going in for a four-hour shift pump gas at $4.15 mm. an hour. And I cried in his office the entire four hours. And he still paid me my $16 and change. Mm. And he just loved on me. He just fathered me. Ooh, wow. And that man is still um, a part of my life today. As a matter of fact, I shared my testimony at his church last spring. So how about that? Um, And so God, God will show up in miraculous ways, even uh, when we don't see it. And we'll we'll only, I feel like we'll only get to get a sense of it when we look back, like we're looking back and we're like, whoa, like he was actually ordering my steps. Like I was about to walk off a cliff there and he just like blew me in a different direction. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I do believe that, that we have an amazing father if we will just acknowledge him. And that's all he wants. Like every Mm -hmm. other thing he created has no free will. He gave us free will because he doesn't want robots. He wants, he wants love. He wants mm-hmm. to love us and he wants us to choose of our own free will to love him. I and love I just that. think, my God, how can we not want to take him up on that offer? Mm. Right. It's one, crazy. If you think about it. One thing that um, just reminded me of a conversation we just had recently with a guy named Rudy Krulik. He, he wrote this, um, this big play yeah. called heaven and hell. And now I know that was um, one of, um, Jonathan's mentors and, yeah. and I was hearing stories and, and, and this was an aha moment for me. I was hearing stories of Jonathan and Rudy's relationship. And I remember one of the stories in particular was, um, Rudy bought Jonathan a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, And, and it was like, it was like obedience, right? Like why are you buying a guy a motorcycle helmet? Okay. And so he, I guess he knew Jonathan was into riding motorcycles. That was the same helmet that saved his life. Um, yeah. Here's the yeah. here's the crazy thing. I, I say this because we need to be obedient, like obedience to God's promptings in our life. When we're talking about spiritual adoption and all that stuff, I think that's mm-hmm. that's key because we have many moments in our life. You go through a, go through a course of a week or a month, and God prompts us to like that guy needs a good word. That guy needs some encouragement mm-hmm. right now. You need to pick up the phone right now, Jeff or Ron or Jonathan. Pick up the phone because you need to call so-and-so. And you think about the obedience of how the ripple effect, um, how it ripples out for years, 10 years, 100, 100 years. Yeah. You could be affecting 1,000 years, you know, by one act of obedience. And think about it. If, um, if Rudy didn't gift Jonathan that helmet, when he was young and impressionable and we're wild and we're, you know, we're born to be wild when we're, when we're, when we're young, young guys, right. He might yeah. not be here talking, um, talking about father yeah. for fathers that could affect, yeah. you know, this ministry could affect, you know, men for a hundred mm-hmm. years, a thousand years, you know? So it's, it's an act of yeah. obedience. And I think, I think we mm-hmm. need to really be attuned to the Holy spirit and, and know yeah. that when he lays something on our heart, it's for a reason, you know, and, and you just never know what his plan, his plans are, his plans are bigger than our plans. And, um, man, it's everybody. I think all of us probably have a dozen stories <laughs> like that. So. Yeah. So yeah. I love your passion, I think, Jeff. I can't get the smile off my face. I, know, I, love just, it. I just I want to jump up and down. I'm so excited right now. It's just, I couldn't agree more. Just beautiful. Jonathan, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I would say just to wind up here, Ron, like t- two calls to actions. One is for the guys listening. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, 
I know it sounds cliche that said that God has a plan for your life, but I, I really do believe his word tells us that, that if you were living today, if you're born in this very time and place, you know, it is, it is to fulfill the great commission. It is Mark 16, Matthew Amen. 28, to go and make disciples, to, to love on people, to be like Christ, be like our brother, like our father. Um, and, and second, if, if fathers for fathers is something that intrigues you and you check out our website, it's at fathersforfathers.org. Um, also fathersforfathersusa.org and fathersforfatherscanada.org. Um, but, and we are just launching, but one of the things that we are really committed to trying to do for the men is to have, uh, men, uh, manning the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, where, if the Jonathan Lewis at 28, and I remember that mm -hmm. guy, um, is in a desperate spot and he needs to talk to a mature father figure, mm. like someone who's mm. got tread, like doesn't have any tread left on the tires, but has a lot of miles on the car. <laughs> um, and um, um, if, if there's guys listening that would be willing to help us man those phones, it would be tremendous because... Mm. What we're yes. trying to do is just, we're not trying to be psychologists or therapists or help these guys with their marriage. What we're trying to do is just be there, listen, pray for them, give them a good word, and then try and plug them into where they can get help in terms of ministries. They're obviously first and foremost a local church, but we know that hmm. local churches are strained in terms of capacity. So there's so many other amazing yeah. ministries too that support the local church. But really what we're trying to do is just wave the flag. Like, I know it sounds cliche, but guys can appreciate this. I said it to Jeff early on. I don't know why, but I keep having this image of Mel Gibson in the Patriot when the British are winning and the French colonel says the lines are faltering and he grabs the, 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 you know, fledgling flag. American flag and he rushes up the, the steps of that old dilapidated building and waves it side to side and he rallies the men. And so what we're here to do is simply rally you and tell you that you have a father who's fighting for you. And all you need to do is the same, like run after him. Like he said, the road is narrow, right? But it is worth it. It is yes. worth the narrow road. Um, oh my goodness, it's so worth it. And, and our, my promise our, to you is that yeah. you have other brothers that'll that'll encourage you. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say, just our our acronym is his. So we wanna yeah. we wanna provide hope. H. We yeah. wanna influence culture, and we wanna support men in their you know, and and that's. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're flushing that out more and more every day. But yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. I think yeah. we need to go get the men, you know, it's time, it's time. And, and there's not been one person that we've talked to that have said, that have said, you know, where, where has, um, where society, you know, where's the pitfall, you know, where has it yeah. eroded? It's, it's in the home. Yeah. It's, it's fathers, it's men. We need to be stronger men. Mm. Um, and we want to not call out, but call up. We want to call men up yeah. to action and to, yeah. to, to be, uh, to be flag bearers. Like Jonathan said. Yeah. Oh. I, one thing you'll see on my social media feed all the time is you can be a victim, you can be a villain, or you can be a hero. Mm. Pick one. Mm. It's huge. Amen. What a great way to wind up. Gentlemen, 
Thanks for your ministry. Thanks for, again, the obedience that you had to the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm. Thanks, Jonathan, for wrestling with God all the time. Your relationship with him cracks me up. Where are you? And <laughs> you're holding yeah. your dad accountable. And, and yeah. he's right there loving the daylights out of you. And it just cracks yeah. me up. And, yeah. and Jeff, your obedience to, to be yeah. able to listen to Jonathan's heart and then to see something in that and then to want to do something about it. You guys are our heroes. And for all of you that have been listening today, thank you so much. I can't help but think for those priests and bishops like you priests, there, you know, so many stories of people's faith in the Catholic church revolves around the father, the priest, good and bad. And so choosing to be good, choosing to be intentional, getting better at who you are and what you do, growing in character, trust, capacity is everybody wins. And, and for you bishops that are out there listening, like your priests need you, man, they need you to father yeah. up. And yeah. so it's not just about being an administrator. It's about making these men the heroes that God's calling them to be. And so thank you for your ministries. Thank you for what you're doing, gentlemen. And, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.